Good morning, BGB subscribers and friends. Today we have Antoinette Mitchell joining us to discuss the importance of money management. Antoinette, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am so excited to have you here with us. I follow you on Instagram and I love, first of all, I just love that you're incorporating reels into your content on Instagram because it's that that's where people are scrolling these days, but it's challenging to come up with connecting your content, like your financial content to like the newest real trend. So like, how do you feel? Like, is it easy for you to do that? Does it just come to you? Well, when it comes to like my reels, like I try to make that more like entertainment. So it's more for entertainment, but there's some educational background to it. Because I feel like people's attention span these days are very short. So that's <laughs> a great way to kind of catch their attention and kind of give them some information in, in the same time, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Attention spans can be a little short these days, but I I do. I love your content and I love your reels. I'm always like, I I am entertained. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what we need because sometimes people think finances are really boring. And I love that content creators now are like, no, we're going to make this fun and we're going to show you, you know, the information that you need as well. So one thing that I want to start with is you know, what's your background? I want to get to why you created your Instagram page because I love your content. But first, let's just talk about your background. So you want to start from professional or just the, the overall background going back further than that? Let's start with your professional background. So I, I my former profession, I, I resigned last year. I used to be a private client banker. Mm-hmm. But before I became a private client banker, I started as a teller for one of the biggest bank in the US while I was going to university and I was studying to be a math major. So once I graduated from college, I got promoted to becoming a personal banker. And then I went all the way up to becoming a private client banker managing high net worth clients. Wow, so okay. a quick summary. So when you say high net worth clients, like what's the net worth looking like with those clients? <laughs> So the clients that I managed, the minimum requirement for me to manage them was $250,000 in net worth. So anyway, from that up to millions of dollars, right before they go into like private bank. So Mm -hmm. I have the clients right before they qualify for private bank. Those are the the clients that I actually manage on my day to day. Yeah. Wow. So you were seeing some pretty big numbers then. Of course. It became like an everyday thing. Like, okay, how much money you got today? What do you want to do with that? How you want to invest that? What you know, what plans do you want us to set up for you? So in wow. a nutshell, those are the clients I had. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really cool. I'm just thinking of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars net worth because I, y'all know my net worth is not not even close to that. But I love that. So so is that what kind of gave you the push to create your Instagram page? So I, in actuality, why I created my page was actually when I started as a, 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 a banker, right, but not as a private client banker, just as a regular personal banker, I dealt with everyday people, they didn't have as much money. And what I noticed, like between the two clientels, like regular, regular customers and high net worth, there's a, there's a gap in the financial like literacy, like mm. how to manage money. And those clients more on the, on the, like on the smaller clients are paying a lot of like bank fees, payday loans, credit card debts. They don't even invest, you know, that's not even a thing for them. So when I saw that going from those kind of clientele and going to high net worth clients, 
there's just a big difference there. And I realized that there needs to be more education out there for people. And I'm a black woman and especially mm -hmm. within our community and women, we need a lot more education when it comes to money. And that's kind of what my mission was. And that's why I created my page on Instagram to give that information to people who may not have access to that, maybe because of the cost or whatever it may be, just to bring that information out there, you know? Yeah, I love that. It's so interesting that you mentioned this financial gap, because one thing I noticed is um, I, so I just recently started, maybe within like the last two years, really started focusing in on investing. But this year, I, so I maxed out my IRA this year, but I recognized, I was like, I, thank you, thank you. I was like, I've never even thought to max out my IRA, but I also was not in a position that my brain could really comprehend that that was possible. So it's almost like, you know, if you're low income or if, if you have so like payday loans or fees, you just don't have the money. So you're thinking there's no way I can invest because the money's not there. But as you start to learn how to manage your money and start to budget, then you really can say, oh, I have the money to invest. And if my, you know, if stock prices go up and down, that's okay. I'm not freaking out because I know how to manage my money. So I really want to just kind of pick your brain. I, we can, we can take this in two different directions. I want to know what some of your experiences were with managing that high of a network, but I also want to know, like, what are the, what's the importance of really knowing to manage your money and then that versus budgeting? Are they two different things? Do you need both? So money management and budgeting essentially is the same thing. The only difference that maybe when an investment piece comes in, that might be a little bit different, but they're still all integrated within the same pot. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest misconception that people have out there is that um, you can't invest because you don't have enough money. But I say to you, if you can buy a couple of Starbucks, I'm not saying to give up your Starbucks now to mm -hmm. find money to invest. <laughs> But if you can buy a cup of Starbucks, you can start off. There's a lot of different brokers now, you know, that you can invest. And the biggest thing that people don't realize, like the point of entry is different now. Back in the day, uh -huh. if you wanted to invest, you had to have like $100,000. You had to go through a broker. Yeah. But with technology and all these different changes, you can go to a broker like Charles Schwab, or you can go to a broker like Fidelity and buy fractional shares starting at $5. Mm -hmm. So it's, sometimes it's also getting in that habit just with budgeting and saving of investing. You may not have to put like $100 or $1,000, whatever you have, just get in the habit of doing that and kind of take it from there. And the biggest thing I'll say, like, if you can sacrifice, like even with like a 401k and start like saving and investing in that and you get a company match. And that's actually how I started my journey. That's a great way to get started. Yes, absolutely. I People will ask me, what should I invest in? And I'm like... I'm, I consider myself a beginner investor, although I read a lot, so I do know information, but start with what's right in front of you. Your employer is literally saying here, most employers, not all, but is likely going to say, here's a retirement account for you. I want to make sure that you stay here. It's also an incentive because I'm going to match you with the 401k, but I want to make sure you stay here. I also want to make sure that you're preparing for retirement. Not all employers do that, but if you have the 401k, great place to start. If you open the IRA, another great place to start. So really start with like what's right in front of you is what I tell people because you don't have to, you know, like you said, back in the day, it was a little more difficult and challenging to really get into investing. But now with technology, you can download the Vanguard app and have access to it immediately. So I've, I, I don't know if you have any tips on just really helping people understand that even if you start with small amounts of money, you can still invest now. 
Yeah, so let's let's go back um, to my the beginning of when I started to investing, right? So mm-hmm. when I started investing and I got promoted when I graduated from college to a, a personal banker, I was only making thirty five thousand dollars a year. Now I live in New York. That ain't nothing. Oh, New gosh. York with the cost of living. So <laughs> imagine how I had to budget to just put a five percent away so I can get that five percent match. The struggle was real, <laughs> and I had credit card debt and I was paying down, you know, debt and things like that. But I realized like that's the only time. And again, not all employers give you a match, but mm-hmm. if they do, that's free money. You can't leave money on the table. Like if somebody's right. matching you that money, that's like you, you're earning a hundred percent return on your money. Even if you don't invest in the stock market, you just open the account and leave it in cash. You're mm-hmm. still benefiting from it. So I think we need to realize that it's not about like having like a big income. I know we all go through struggles. I've been there. Trust me. I've been at the bottom, the bottom, the bottom. Okay. <laughs> but we can overcome that. We just have to get into good habits. Like, you know, taking the time to create a budget, see where we can cut back. And our biggest expense usually are like rent and food. You know, sometimes we can, but see if we can cut back. And if we can't cut back, then, hey. Think of creative ways to increase your your income. A lot of people are making money from social media. I'm not doing that as yet, but I'm in the process of becoming a financial planner. So in the future, that's something. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can do a survey. There's so many creative ways now you can get additional income. Then use yes. that money to kind of start saving and investing. And then those would be like my recommendation, like starting out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's so funny you mentioned that because I just saw a video of Cardi B, who I love, but my my girl is not out here giving financial advice, but I do love Cardi B. And in the video, she's like, there are so many ways for you to make money on the internet, but some of y'all are just focused on what I'm doing as Cardi B, but you could literally, and she's just like, y'all, bloggers are making money. And she just kind of lists a few people. She's like, y'all could be making money from the internet. And that really is a way to increase your, your income. I know some people are like, my job is not going to give me a $10 raise or a $5,000 raise, which is fine. But then you got to be creative and decide, you know, is there another way I can increase my income so that I can have a little more to invest? Because, you know, it's really the time. The time is what you need for the investment. Like, do I start investing five years from now when I'm making more money? I'm using air quotes. Or do I start now and, you know, invest what I can and then let the five years kind of build up on top of that with, you know, compound interest and stuff like that. So y'all, if you feel like you don't make a whole bunch of money, Antoinette says she was making 35,000. I was making 43,000 out of law school. Like not, that was, So we both started off making little to nothing, but really focusing in on that goal. And both of us started with budgeting. So, you know, you got to start with that budgeting component. It's very, very important. Um, Now, one thing I want to ask you is what was your experience as a wealth manager? Like, are there any crazy stories that you have? (laughs) So, you know, again, it's the the more crazy part of the story is that when you're a black woman Mm. and you're young, working in, in that industry, people, you know, people are not always the nicest. So you kind of have to adapt to that culture and learn the culture, mm. you know, when it comes to that. But there were some great clients that I worked with and made some great relationship. And I still have those clients to this day in my back pocket. If you know, awesome. in the future, you got to keep those connections when it's LinkedIn and I have some of your personal information. But one of the biggest thing for me, like managing those clients, it really had an impact on my mindset. Mm. when it came to when it came to money like you would think like I'm a private client banker so I should have it all together no but actually managing those clients made me see like what's really possible and what I like to to do when I actually had these clients was to sit down and have conversation with them like hey so how did you get here 
you know, how did you get this position or what made you go into this era? What made you start this business? And because I have access to all their financial information as well, I can see like, okay, what they do, like whether they have a business loan, because I used to do business loans as well. So I did all that stuff. Mm. So they'll come to me for business loans and I'll have my team. So pretty much how it works with my particular position, I worked with a mortgage banker. I worked with a financial advisor. I worked with a loan officer on the business side. Wow. So I'm like the primary person and whatever they need, they come to me like, hey, I need to open up a 529. Hey, I need a business loan. I said, okay, I got it. And I will go to each team member and I'll say, hey, I need you to take care of this for me. And then we'll kind of work together as a team. So I had a lot of experience, like looking how the whole mortgage process, all that stuff. I have a lot of experience. But what I noticed with them, like the key thing when building wealth or money management, the number one thing you have to do is make sure you have a plan. You can't start building wealth. You can't start budgeting. You can't start saving, doing anything until you sit down and set a plan in action. Amen. And the plan will outline like what you're trying to achieve, what your goals are, whether it's retirement, saving for college, you want to have a child, you know, those things are expensive. You kind of plan out your life. Things are never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. But at least you have a plan and you can always adjust that plan as things change. But you need to at least know where you're going. It's like driving a car without GPS. <laughs> you have to have some kind of indicator of where you're going to, to go there. Right. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, did you find yourself giving out like mindset information along with the financial information to your clients? So that was more when I dealt with regular retail clients. But once I got to the high net worth clients, they already, that's the reason why they're in that position because they already have that mindset. So it was more of a learning experience for me, mm -hmm. like just to watch like how they do different things. And that's kind of what has helped me on my journey as well to like to say, hey, if they can do that. Why is it not possible for me? How do they do that? Like, I like to study the people who are very successful. Yes. I study them and I see what, what have they done that works. And I notice starting a business works, mm -hmm. you know, investing works, you know, mm -hmm. even a lot of people that do real estate, that's not really my thing right now. I have to look into that, but they leverage that. So you have to be able to know how to leverage a lot of things. And that is one of them. You know, a lot of times with like regular people, you know, we, we suffer, especially African-Americans student loan debts, we're dying with those, mm -hmm. you know, and what happens because our parents didn't either don't have the resource or they didn't have the access to the information to know like, Hey, like my daughter is too. Let's open a 529 now. Let's yeah. open a this account now because all you have to start with like say $25 and that money grows so much. But if you wait until they're 14, then you have to come out of pocket with so much more money and it just makes it a, a struggle for you. And then your child gets the student loans and things like that. So it's more like, like trying to reprogram, you know, people and let them know, like, start from early, start investing mm -hmm. from you to you get your first job and you're just making whatever amount of money, just put something. I don't care if it's a dollar. Right. Get in the habit of doing these things from early on. Yeah, that's I mean, it literally goes back to the time. If you invest for your two year old now versus investing for her when she's 15, you lost 13 years of growth. So it really is like we should have started yesterday. So if you're guys, if you all are interested in investing, you know, really do the research and look into it and see where you can start. Um, now, I know you did money uh, management with your clients. Do you ever give out like any other kind of financial advice to anyone that might not have as high a net worth as those clients? So I can, so in general, even though I manage a book of those wealthy clients, anyone could come into my, my branch, 
you know, when I worked in a bank and say, hi, I need help. I, I don't discriminate. Of course not. You come in and I need help. So when they come in and they ask for whatever it is, whether it's like, okay, I want to get a credit card. That's why I'm so good with credit because I did a lot of those applications. So wow. I have the, the behind the scene insight of how the whole processing works. Like I've got credit cards for customers that just came to the U.S. I have my tricks. Like I worked in a bank. So I know what they look at. Like people think, oh, you can't get a business credit card because you don't, the business is brand new but they look at your personal you know, credit. So there's a lot of little nuance and things that I've learned. So when I'm helping like everyday clients, I say, hey, do you want a credit card? Maybe you should get this one, or maybe you should do this, or are you savings? You know, maybe you should open a high yield savings account. Like those little things, you know, we kind of touch on that and kind of build from there. Um, have you started investing? Do you invest in your retirement account? Like just to give you an example, I was talking to one of my friends the other day. She saved uh -huh. up a lot of money, a lot of money, like six figures. Wow. But she never contributed wow. to her retirement account. Oh, That's like, so, so you see what I mean? Like, so she's doing great. So a lot of times, like, and that's why I like to have this conversation, not just online, but offline with friends and family, because I realized since I, I, I started my page, I've been more open. Mm -hmm. So many people that I've helped and I didn't realize like it was such a lack of information within our community. And so many people need that. They just don't know. It's not that they don't even want to do it. They don't even know, like, this is what right. I'm supposed to be doing. So that's why I created my page to kind of put that information out there. So more people that look like me can take advantage of these things. And we can all be millionaires. Why not? All of us right. can be millionaires, you know? It's completely possible. It is completely possible. Um, I, I see a lot of people saying, like, the first 100000 is the hardest to make. But then yes. after that, it just kind of shoots off. Like, and works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I took me, so my 401k... I, my, my mid between 35,000 and, and $78,000. And when I retired, well, I didn't retire. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking a short break right now, just for <laughs> my daughter and COVID and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, until I start my own business, no more corporate America. I'm done. I start my own Yay. business. That's it. Thank God for supportive husband. But yeah. But I just realized like, you know, when it comes to like these things, we just kind of have to like try to help each other, you know, mm -hmm. especially in the community. And, and I'm, I'm a big advocate. I don't know if you noticed on my page for women, like I yes. have a husband, of course, men are important, yeah. but I'm like, women need to really get their things in order because the thing that a lot of us as women don't realize we live longer, mm -hmm. we get paid less and we work less. Cause look at me, I'm out of the workforce for the last 15 months. So you, you're taken away from that where I would have had income to invest or save. So we mm -hmm. have to always consider these things as women. And that's why I think it's important that with financial literacy, that everyone is a part of this whole conversation, whether it's your husband, your wife, you know, your spouse, any partner that you have, you know what I mean? Yeah. You guys are always on the same page when it comes to that, because it's such an important thing. And it really can change the legacy and the trajectory of the life of like my daughter and any future generation within your family. And that's really where it starts. It starts with one of us like recognizing mm -hmm. like we need to make a change mm -hmm. and how we go about doing it and kind of make those steps to get there. Absolutely. And I love that you said your page focuses on women. Um, I focus on black women specifically, but I've told people if you don't identify as a woman, if you don't identify as black, you're still welcome here. We're just going to focus on the things that are affecting black women. But I like just women in general, I think it is important for us to really center women because 
we are paid less than men. And so, you know, based on your race, we'll kind of determine how much less you're paid than your counterparts, or if you're getting the salary increases, or if you can negotiate, or even if you're comfortable to negotiate your salary. Um, I've been talking to people who DM me like, I'm negotiating my salary. How much should I ask for? All of it. Ask for all of it. Well, what if they think I'm, I don't care what they think. Like, it, because I think a lot of times women kind of shy away from being aggressive with their finances. And it's like, well, what if they think that, you know, I'm being, I'm being a bitch, excuse my language, y'all. But you know, what if people think I'm being too aggressive or too assertive or what? We don't care. We don't care. You get, you get to be aggressive with your finances. You get to request a salary raise or, you know, explain why you deserve to negotiate your salary, why you should get a higher one. If you find out that you're not getting paid as much as, you know, Joe Blow over here who doesn't work as hard as you, then bring that up. Like, hey, here's my here's my history. Here's what I've been doing. But I think women are are at a point where we're like, no, I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and I'm definitely going to take control of my finances. And it's important that women who have Instagram pages and making content are like, Yes, here's the information that you need to go do that. Now go do it because we are encouraging people, even if we never get a DM from them, even if they never like the content, you're still encouraging women. And I, I love that your content focuses on women. And I also noticed, you know, again, you know, that women have shortchanged ourselves. Like a lot of times we're not paid um, as much, but we don't mm -hmm. advocate for ourselves. And I'm guilty of that. Yes. I have to tell you that I probably should have negotiated my salary, <laughs> but I was just like, okay, I got a raise. I got this. Because I just to bring up my husband again, like he negotiated his salary. He left one, he started one job and about three months went to a new job and negotiated up like 20, 20 to 25K wow. in like two months. So men are, I, I saw how he did. I was like, hold up. This is what I should have oh, yeah. been doing all this time. Like, <laughs> right. So we got to learn, like, and I, I'm, I'm not one of those content creators, but there are a lot of content creators that are focused on how to negotiate your salary. Yes. So I think that we also have to focus in on that because the more you earn, the more mm -hmm. money you have to save, the more money you have to invest, the bigger our wealth is in the long run. So we can't like shortchange ourselves going back to that when it comes to like how much we make, you know? So we always have to be able to stand up for ourselves, know how to negotiate our salary. And mm -hmm. if they don't want to pay what you're worth, be able to go somewhere else and step out of our comfort zone. Because again, I've yes. been guilty of doing that. <laughs> yeah, I listen, same where I'm like, I probably should have asked for more, but we're here now. Um, you know, if, if that's you, if you feel like there were times where you could have negotiated or requested a salary, don't feel ashamed. Like we've all been through. We've all had that one job. Where we're like, I know I should have asked for more money. I know I should have, but, but you did it for one reason or another. So it is what it is. I actually um, was talking to a company that was, they were interested in hiring me and the lady's like, oh, what is your salary range? And so I, I threw out something ridiculous, but it, but it did not appear to be ridiculous for this particular company because this company brought in like $26 billion last year. So I just threw out a number that based on my research, other attorneys were making. And she was like, okay, well, the salary is not quite that high. And I was like, Okay, cool. Now the salary that she wanted to offer was more than what I was making anyway, but I was like, why not ask? You know, why you like me, we're interviewing, but I mean, I'll recover from this gap in where we are. But it, it was an interesting conversation because I was like, if I hadn't, if I had asked her for something less 
than what their the top of their range was, she would have accepted that. She'd have been like, oh yeah, that's fine. But since I asked for something so high, she's like, okay, wait, let me just tell you, we're not gonna go above this number. Great, I'll take the highest number. Now, now we're doing great. So, I mean, it, it is scary to, you know, ask for these high salaries, six figures or whatever we're making, but if you don't do it, some man will. So, you know, the guys do it all the time. Money. I'm telling you, the guys do it all the time. I wish I knew. Now I'm not looking for a job. I'm like, man, I wish I knew all of this stuff, but you live and learn. And those are the, like the different things that you learn. You know, you gotta, you gotta ask for what you think you deserve. Yeah. You know, yeah, and even absolutely. more than that sometimes, you know, because, you know, we have to figure out, you know, when it comes to building wealth, that it's important to have a good sustainable income. Mm-hmm. So we have to focus on that because nothing is, is possible if we don't have enough money to sustain us. Like that's fundamentally, that's what it comes down to. And that's why you create a budget, you know, to kind of figure out what you have and how you can allocate that and where, you know, where certain things can go. But it's also great because then it helps you to plan out your life as well, too. It's like, okay, if I want to go for, on this trip, I can plan for it. Yes. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not meant to be something that's restricted. People think that, but no, it's actually a way for you to plan out what you want to do in a way where it's responsible that when you come back, you're not like, oh man, that credit card bill is like, <laughs> oh, why did I do that? Now I got to pay this 20% interest off. I oh. believe I have all the money right now, you know? Yeah, so, you it's... Know. I tell people all the time, budgeting is not meant to make your life miserable. If anything, it should really help you focus in on what's important. So when I originally started budgeting, I was very aggressive with just paying off my debt. I had no emergency fund. I had like credit cards. I was like, this is not going to work. So I limited the amount of money that I was spending on myself to like $25 a week. And now I realize I probably should have given myself just a little more so that I was able to be a little more flexible in what I did. But at the time I felt like I am living on the edge right now. Like one one unexpected emergency could just send me into a spiraling situation. So I was very aggressive, but in doing that, I'm now at a point where I can spend more money on myself in a, in a week or in a month, but not so much that I'm like, oh man, I'm still not saving or investing. Like you have to start small and build your way up. But one thing I will say is, and I had someone, um, an old high school classmate asked me, she said, how do you feel now that you're making so much more money than you were when you first came out of law school? And I told her it's very dangerous because, and I want to get your opinion on this. I was like, it's very dangerous to be making, you know, twice as much and some change as I was before, because now things will happen where someone's like, oh, your total is $75. And I'm like, Sounds weird, but okay, whatever, because I have the money. I'm not checking to make sure that it should be $75. So there are just little moments where I recognize like, dang, that probably should have been like 45, but you know, whatever, I will circle. So like you kind of, you're making money, but it's almost like it's easier for that money to slip through your hands because of lifestyle creep, just because the money is there. So I don't know if you've come into contact where like, you, you recognize that your clients or people you know are making more, but they're not necessarily managing the money as well. Yeah, because again, I've seen clients that makes a lot of money, but don't have any money saved. I've seen mm. that, like make a lot of money. They come in, they're very fabulous and everything, but <laughs> they don't have any money because they spend, the more money they make, essentially, the more money they're, they're spending, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe in life, it has to be a balance. Like I'm not about having saving, 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 saving all the time and you're not enjoying life. I'm not that type of person. Like I like to go on my vacations. 
this COVID mm-hmm. thing just messed me up. But I like <laughs> my two luxury vacations per year. Like I go out when I go on my vacation. Like that's my thing. That's what I spend my money on. Maybe not necessarily like possessions or thing, but yeah. I love vacation, like quality time, things like that. But what I would say when it comes to like that, that that's easy. That's easy for, for that to happen to you. That's mm-hmm. why you have to stick to like a budget. And what I used to do, I used to do automation. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest thing with automation is I always paid myself first. Yes. So I'll create a budget and I'll say, okay, I look at how much I spend on food, housing, this, and say, okay, say it's $2,000. I'll put aside maybe like say $2,500, right? And mm-hmm. then anything above that, goes to my savings so every month i look i said okay i could at least save a thousand dollars a month right i'll set a goal like that maybe i can save more but i know at minimum with all my expenses i can save a thousand so i would automate that i would literally when that money hits my account mm-hmm. then my online seems to pull it automatically and whatever is left it better last me for the week so there's no <laughs> going over but so that's how i was able to control myself like i say hey, okay this is what I have allocated for going out with friends in a week. So if my budget is $200 a month, mm-hmm. I better go out, I will say two times. If that's what it is, two times is $100, that's it. I can't go out for the rest of the month. Exactly. But again, also sometimes you could be flexible. Maybe someone's birthday or something like that. So you have to do like a, an extra event. That's okay too. You don't have to feel bad about it. As long as you're right. budgeting and you don't do it all the time, it's okay. You got to give yourself yeah. some flexibility. I think that's very important in this journey of building wealth. You can't get too caught up with it, just hoarding all this money and not living life. Cause that's the whole point. The whole right. point is to build wealth and enjoy life. But if you don't enjoy the journey along the way, you're more likely to fall off. You're more likely to stop doing it. You're, you're more likely to not be motivated for the long term. So that's why it's good to kind of balance out within saving and investing, but still taking the time to enjoy the things that you that you you want in life. With, and if it's buying a bag, hey, buy your bag. Go like, for it. I'm not going to stop you from doing the thing because that's what's going to keep you going and you want to keep going. Like that's the most important thing. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Um, Like I said, when I first started out, I was very aggressive with just creating an emergency fund because I didn't have one at all. So like one flat tire and I was calling my parents that and I I was trying to shift away from depending on my parents. So that was very important. But once I hit that, you know, two months of emergency fund, three months, I was like, okay, I could calm down a little bit. We could live, we could, you know, we could buy some clothes, we could buy a couple of shoes, no big deal, buy a bag here and there. So I, you know, I, I want everyone to recognize that at some point you may need to be, you know, a little less outside of the house, right? Like you're looking for free events, maybe more Netflix and chill movie night, but you will get to a point where you're like, okay, I feel financially stable that if I had an emergency, I'd be cool. If, you know, the stocks, the stock prices went down on whatever I'm investing in. I'd be like, I wouldn't feel like I'm setting things on fire if I bought myself a nice pair of shoes or a bag or went on vacation. So you will definitely get to that point, but it's easy to kind of forget the goal when you're making some additional money, especially if you get that $20,000 raise or that $30,000 raise, you're just like, oh my gosh, look at all this money. Okay, let's go. Let's go to vacation. Balling, balling, time to have some fun. You know, I'm tired of this trife life. I'm tired of always the struggle. I need to enjoy my life, man. I got to enjoy my money. You know, you only live once, you know? But we don't want to be too extreme. That's the most important thing, you know? Have some kind of balance around that. Yes, balance, balance is so important, you guys. Balance is so important. Um, Antoinette, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have any kind of courses or you know any books or anything that you want to just let us know about before we let you go 
So at the moment, no, I'm studying for my CFP, which is the Certified Financial Planner exam, because I believe it's so important to make sure that I have my qualification in order. So mm-hmm. I don't right now. All my content is free, but awesome. I'm also open book. If someone ever wanted to uh, have a question about anything, they can always just send me a quick DM. I, I'll respond to you, you know, as quickly as I can with no issues. So, you know, just find me on Instagram at Fixing Your Finances. And hopefully you guys like my reels. I try to make them funny again, but also educational for you guys. And I definitely focus on women. All people are welcome, but women is at the core and especially mothers too, because I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to play in all of that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys, please go follow Antoinette at Fixing Your Finances on Instagram. Like she said, her reels are definitely entertaining, but she does give good content, good information. So please go follow her, check her out. Thank you so much for joining the podcast and everyone else. Happy budgeting.